off the stupid Carnation Street in the BBC and do some research. Our lives are being destroyed by the very people we are paying to govern us and they're not. You know, it could go one of two ways. You know, if there's enough people, we will get rid of this regime and we'll have our freedoms back. Lewis Brackpool is the Rebel News UK reporter. You can find him at protests, power plants, wherever you may see him on the London streets, and he's usually wearing a suit while he does it. Lewis, thanks for joining me. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, man. Thank you very much for having me on. No problem. I wanted to ask you, how'd you get into reporting? How'd you get started with Rebel News? Is it as simple as I think it might be, or is it a long, winding road? Um... I thought it was going to be a long winding road, if I'm totally honest, but it wasn't. I, I've built myself up on YouTube for about a year. I had a uh, unfortunate um, job cancellation and redundancy from my previous job, which led me to be free in freedom of speech and everything because I couldn't <laughs> speak my mind as a conservative. You almost have to come out as a conservative, right? Um, and so I started my journey as a, as a YouTuber for a year, speaking about subjects and exploring subjects that you wouldn't usually talk about normally over the dinner table. And I followed Rebel News for years um, since the days of uh, many other contributors to, to Rebel in the UK and obviously over in Canada. And Avi many as well, still going strong. Um, so I applied. As a reporter, I thought I'd shoot my shit as they will. <laughs> oh, that's the end of the sentence. Okay. I, did, I wasn't sure where that was going. What did you submit a video? Did you have a trial video? How did that come about when you got hired? Yeah, I was covering my first ever anti-lockdown protest. And I was asked to submit a, a video uh, in the style of Rebel News. And... It was literally me going around asking if uh, <laughs> asking if you date someone who's vaccinated was my was my submission, <laughs> and uh, now here we are. I'm annoying you every single day uh, <laughs> by DM. Did um, at what point did you get involved in politics? Were you always political? You obviously it's not always you know, the most polite thing to do in English culture is to talk politics at dinner, as you would say. But did you? get involved in politics at a younger age? At what point did you say, you know, I have to start saying things or else I'm going to go mad here? So believe it or not, uh, I was a communist back in the days of uh, being at school and, uh, <laughs> and high school. Believe it or not, uh, I, I believed all that nonsense. And um, yeah, I studied politics. I unfortunately failed it. And I think there's a reason for that, being communist. Um, and... When Brexit happened, that's when politics really started to, to take my attention. And, yeah, the Brexit deal really did divide the nation. And I noticed my first ever uh, confrontation with other peers when Brexit would come about as the subject, just retaining that sovereignty, not going through Belgium or Brussels to pass laws through. And it really woke me up. And then Trump happened and that really got things going. And I realized that actually I have more in common with the right and conservatism than I, than I originally thought. So very interesting stuff. Obviously Trump was for 
the presidency. I always sort of thought the Brexit was sort of an odd thing for everything to be made a stand on. I mean, when they were joining the European Union, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I doubt there is this huge division of people down the middle of politics. And from what I remember as a kid, as a teenager, the, the selling point for the European Union is, well, you get to travel across uh, international borders without having to go through customs and everything. And that was always the big thing that young people wanted this. That's what they sold them all. I always thought it was a little bit weird that that would be that would turn out to be the thing that broke the camel's back, so to speak, in terms of politics and separate everybody. I guess it had to be something around that time period. But why do you think that this became such a, div a divisive topic amongst, amongst people in the UK? That's such a good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe the media had a part of it. Maybe it was the politicians. I mean, all it does is line the pockets of them being in the EU. That was uh, their main concern. And people like Nigel Farage and uh, the United Kingdom Independence Party, who really, really was pushing for independence, um, really showed that other side. It showed that the EU were just this tyrannical, bureaucratic um, board of people just ordering other countries about. And I think they wanted to even start their own army at one point. And when you mm -hmm. dig to the real deeper um, intention of the EU and the EU Commission, you do find some really dark things. And yeah, I didn't like that. Mostly what sold it for me was the fact that we couldn't have entire sovereignty of our own nation. And we had to pass almost like a law check through the EU body. And it just didn't make sense to me. Why are we going through the EU to even pass our own laws in our own country? It didn't make sense. So for me, it was a no brainer. Um, I, don't, I can't explain the divisiveness. I think People just latch on to anything they read online most of the time, don't they? <laughs> we'll blame you instead then. When Boris, <laughs> jo when Boris Johnson got elected, it was a bit of a landslide from what I recall. Did you think everything was starting to finally turn around in, in a better direction? Forget left or right, but just a more sane direction. Because obviously the UK has always been a little bit more, you know, rainbow police squads and uh, sending Twitter messages out that were coming to stop you for your Facebook post. Australia is far surpassed you guys at this point, but when Boris got elected in such a strong majority, did you sort of think things were going to go in a different direction? Uh, yeah, I did. I voted for Boris as well. Um, I'm starting, well, do I regret that vote? It's hard to say, but when I did vote for Boris, I did have a lot of confidence. You know, his, his strong message was he was going to get Brexit done and, and turn things around and make this country a better place. And we were hoping he would do something in terms of us free speech laws that has been going about since the Tony Blair days. So we were hoping with this majority, he might be able to jump in and sort out our laws with that. But nothing has ever been done. In fact, they're making it even worse. They've cracked down on protests. They're cracking down now on the online hate speech bill or something like that where they want to go after people with anonymity on, on sites such as Twitter. And they're really taking into account mean tweets more than actual policing. So, yeah, unfortunately, I thought it was going to be greener, but turns out it was the Green Party that I did vote for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and speaking of the protests, you mentioned on a live stream we did about what I think is the saddest slash funniest protest cause. It's so so British and so English. Um, I just want to show some of the video and then I want you to describe it to the audience. Okay, so so we have somebody gluing their hand to the pavement 
We have another person gluing their face to the pavement. Tell the audience what this is in protest of, please. Uh, this is in protest of <laughs> the insulation of houses in Britain. <laughs> government, uh, <laughs> government installation of insulation, uh, <laughs> which is mental. It's mental. It doesn't make sense. And on top of that, uh, I think they're worried about the ice caps melting in the, in the Arctic, so they're gluing their faces <laughs> to the M25. Totally related. What's the what's the reason they're demanding this? Is there, first of all, why is there no insulation in England? Is it, are houses just so old that there's no insulation? Because that seems like a normal thing. But also, what are their demands? Uh, I think their demands is to, well, it's to tackle the climate. They believe that not enough is being done to tackle climate change. Uh, they believe that we need to invest more in um, in greener solutions, which they're not sustainable, in my honest opinion, I don't think. Um, when the government already are, I think, putting their budget into, I think, a £1 million spending in insulation for homes in Britain anyway. So I'm not quite sure what exactly they're protesting about anyway, because they're on the establishment side, from what we can see. Boris is really pushing for green policies ever since his missus got into power with him. So it's quite an interesting thing to see. Being honest, I don't quite know what they're protesting about anymore. <laughs> I'm looking forward to re-shingle England, something like that. Drivewaypavingfirst.com. Um, is this sort of a sign that there's not much left to protest about? I mean, this past year, year and a half has been, I think, and I hate to say terms of far left or far right, but somebody who's in a bit of an authoritarian leftist, I think it's been their, a bit of their dream. They get to tell people what to do. They get to yell in their face. They get to kick people out of places on their whim. Um, what sort of things are left here to protest about if we're, if we're going for insulation at this point, I wonder? Um, I think that there are still some things to protest about. I mean, in terms, if you want to talk about uh, vaccination mandates, obviously what's going on there, um, vaccine passports and um, other COVID-related issues. I believe there's definitely um, a reason to get out on the streets for that. Um, in terms of climate change, <laughs> well, making a, a good visit to the old Extinction Rebellion in Glasgow next week. So we're going to see what they have to say. So I can't really speak on their behalf for now, because I'm, I'm quite keen to to see what they they think. Um, yeah, there, there are many things still, I believe, to to be voicing concern over. But to glue yourself to the, <laughs> the middle of the road, I don't think is, is going to get the message across. Yeah, there's going to be some terrible injuries if people keep gluing their face to hot asphalt. I'm just guessing. I'm no medical technician, but we're going to get some skin grafts from that, I think. I want to move on to uh, soccer players. Don't laugh at that, Lewis. It's not funny. I'm not uh, sorry. I'm not sorry. Right. So, soccer players kneeling in England is still, sorry, football players is still a thing. I mean, I think you guys are a couple years behind on this. The national team did it at the, at the last international tournament. They, they get booed at the Euros got booed. They're, they're facing off against other countries who don't understand what's going on. Now, not to say that there isn't racism in soccer. There's been for a long time, but I just want to show some of the players defending it and a couple of players that are opposing it. So, I mean, we've um, faced backlash or criticism or um, opposing views on taking the knee before, and we've stood 
um, collectively, quite passionately, uh, quite passionately together. And that's something that I think carries us as a squad. Uh, I feel like taking the knee is degrading stuff because I, like growing up, my parents just let me know that I should be proud to be black no matter what. And I just feel like we should just stand tall. My support for what it is that we're trying to achieve is absolute. But I do not support Black Lives Matter as an institution, as an organization. Um... So I believe there we have um, player that played on the national team, Mings. Then you've got Wilfried Zaha, who's actually from the Ivory Coast. And then um, one of the lower league English players there. He's against it for BLM reasons. Why the kneeling, Lewis? Is there agreed upon reason why all the players are kneeling? I think it's just a protest racism just in general, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've had kick it out uh, for a number of years because, yes, there is there is racism. Uh, well, there's racism in, in most things nowadays. It's, it's a shame, but unfortunately, it is what it is. And, you know, to tackle that and raise awareness, we had kick it out in football um, to show that. And nobody ever booed that. Nobody, nobody was ever against that. The problem we have with this is the fact that the knee represents an organisation that wants to defund the police, abolish prisons and disrupt the family unit and end capitalism. Hmm. Yeah. So the people that understand that um, have a reason to boo and say, we don't want this. We don't want politics in sport. We want to sit down, watch a football match without politics interjecting within our own the comfort of our own living room. You know, we're constantly seeing politics all around work on social media and everything. And we just want to sit down, just enjoy uh, a football match with without any of it. But the problem is with this, there's a lot of pressure with the media and, of course, the uh, the FA or FIFA saying to players that they need to to take the knee in order to show this solidarity because if you're against it you're against black people or you're against um you, you're for racism which is a weird flex um but do you think it's just do you think it's just a generic virtue signal now because it's it's come yeah. and gone in, in north america now um there was a specific reason that colin kaepernick gave you know police brutality and unjust government there it seems like a weird thing to co-op when it's got a specific you know, American problem tied to it. And now you've got British people. I think the only people that were killed by police in England were terrorists on the bridge. Um, it, it just seems right. like it, now it's become an empty gesture in the UK, which is yeah. just thing you have to conform and do it or else you're, you're, you're going to be seen as a bad person. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. I think we're, it's almost like we're trying to outwoke the, the Americans, which, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's going to win out of that because we're looking pretty woke. I mean, if you go down Brighton, you, you'll you'll understand why. But um, in terms of of that, it's just it's just pressure. I think it's just media pressure. And I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, Harry Kane's kneeling, so therefore he's a Marxist." That's mental. <laughs> like that's just mental. So there is that you've got to look into it a little bit more. They're obviously having some pressure. They're not, of course, going to boycott Qatar. 
for all the uh, modern day slavers who have died creating the the stadium for them to play in they're not going to be talking about that and i think commentators sports commentators have outright refused to even speak about it so it does show hypocrisy there so there yeah it's it's a type of narrative that the managers the fa fifa whoever um, are really trying to push towards because it's a money-making scheme as well it generates money for sure and i don't think anybody would argue that the message has been you know lost any or anything like that in america they've moved on to like the nba for example painted black lives matter on their courts, wore it on their jerseys, on their shoes, and they're not even kneeling anymore. So it, it seems like it's just like a thing, like you do this or else we're gonna say you're a bad person. Um, I want to move back to Boris Johnson. Have you been seeing these really weird Build Back vet Better videos of his, the fish and chips video? I can't think of all, all, all of them off the top of my head. There's been so many. That one sticks out in my mind. Um, what about this whole narrative is conservative? How are they explaining like, He's come out and said, like, we need a more feminine future. We, really weird things. How do you explain this to somebody who's not, you know, familiar with maybe his weirdness? It's it's very difficult to explain. It's so, <laughs> it's, um, yes, I have seen the, the build, back, build Back Batter, Build Back Butter, Build Back Whatever. Uh, he's been going on about really pushing that strange dystopian message out. Um, yeah. So, is there a butter video? Or is that the there same is. One? Where he's, he's scraping uh, butter on toast, saying build back butter. It's very cringe. Um, I actually I felt a little bit sick. Um, I might have to stop, actually, because I feel a bit ill. <laughs> no, I think... How do I explain that to someone? Um, well, Conservative Party over in the UK are not conservative anymore. They're, they're actually more liberal. Um, there's been a decline in conservatism within the UK. Their, their principles have slowly dwindled. And you can only just look at their policy making to even see this. I mean, what is it you mentioned? I actually failed to see that one. Was it about Boris saying that the future is, is more feminine? What, what was he, said, he going on I about? I believe he said we need to build back better and perhaps in an even more feminine way. Yes. No, I do remember that. I do remember that. That was, that was quite... Um, yeah, that was last year, I believe. Was it last year? It couldn't have been too far. Like, a few yeah. months ago. I do remember that. Up to date on all of his memes. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the memory like Joe Biden, mate, so apologies. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what he's going on about. I'm just, I'm actually quite confused to, to where the Conservative Party has fallen to. Um, but like I said, it's, it's just an uptake in liberalism now. And they, they call themselves liberals, but... They're adding all of this dystopian, horrible legislation where you're going to see a two-tier society with the vaxxed and non-vaxxed. So there's, there's so many avenues to go through, but majority of their policies are turning very liberal. Yeah, I think the windows really shift there. They, they had a big push towards, and I mean everywhere, big push towards conservative parties, especially in Canada. It was the, the majority of provinces were run by conservatives and all of a sudden, now the conservative is where the liberals were and the liberals are where the you know far left is and there's not really anything um, to the right of the major parties anymore. I want to combine Joe Biden and the green stuff and I want to show a clip of your green initiative video um, outside of the power plants. Wonderful imagery. Um, you'll be hired by the power plant soon I'm sure after we show this clip.
is that there would be less harmful emissions being pushed into the atmosphere. So traditionally, coal would be extracted from the ground and burnt here to produce energy. So now with the push for green and cleaner alternatives, the power station has come up with the idea of burning green biomass. This green alternative has come at a price for the taxpayers. Drax Power Station has received hundreds of millions in government subsidies. We constantly hear from politicians about carbon targets, climate change, and of course we need to do better. And all this climate alarmism from activists and Greta Thunberg. But in the reality of it, in the UK, the government is forcing many into a fuel poverty. Whilst over in China, their way out of an energy crisis is to produce more coal power stations. It's quite obvious to see that China does not have the same eco-fanaticism that we do here in the West. Now in the UK, fuel and energy prices are starting to spike so the public are going to be asking at what cost does the green revolution come okay a lot of people don't realize the footprint i think that these programs tend to have some of them that i wrote down are like paper uh, paper straws uh, boxed water even like electric car batteries what do you think is powering those things? How do you think they're being charged? So what do you think, and this is a serious question for ones, Lewis, <laughs> what do you okay. think should be the balancing act of, you know, pollution reduction versus tax increases and cost increases for the average person? Do you think it's, the Conservative Party should be spearheading this thing? Because that's what it seems. Liberal Party and Green Parties don't actually do anything. It seems to be the Conservative parties that actually want to do things, even if it's for you know means that you and I might not agree with. What do you think is the perfect balance there? Uh, I don't see why we should go nuclear. Um, I think that's a cleaner and more efficient energy, and I believe that that's a way that can be costly and not too hard-hitting on the taxpayer and still reduce emissions. Look, I'm no, I'm no eco-warrior. I think you've worked that out. And I think I said that in my video as well. And, you know, go, pushing this, this agenda of banning petrol and diesel by 2030 is just absolute rubbish. And trying to, trying to get everyone onto electric cars and, and, and go on to that when not actually realizing that to power these electric cars, you've got to build the batteries and that takes out carbon emissions. It's all a big, you know, circle. And, you know, your phone distributes about 1.2 to five million tons or something of, of uh, sorry, 1.2 million tons of carbon emissions. So what we're going to do, start banning phones. You know, how far are they going to start pushing it? So I don't know. I think the balance would be nuclear is, is probably a better way of, of putting it. But yeah, th this, this idea of pushing towards that and, and so much more uh, increasing the budget, sorry, of, of insulation and... Um, I think they wanted to power a town just with hydrogen as well. So we'll see how that works. So <laughs> I, don't know. We're, we're, I don't know. I think it's... Aqua awesome. cars and it, all that. You said, you said as well, this was a serious question. I've turned it around. Yeah, uh, as, there's as a, no getting through to you, I oh. guess, is it's the problem we're running into here. No, I tend to agree. It's like we want to we want to build back better we want to turn everything green until it becomes an inconvenience to me you see all the protesters with iPhones well how do you think makes that where do you think the the lithium is mined in Africa it's not on some grandiose scale where the where the workers have risen up and fought for a, an amazing wage um, with their landlords bending over backwards to serve them it's not the world that they want to paint it and as soon as it comes to home well, they don't really want to do it. It's the same thing sort of like uh, Justin Trudeau here. I always like to go back to 
his relationship with the native Canadian population, whereas he's the he's the loving feminist prime minister, but he can't get you running water, um, even though he cares about every minority. But to hell with your water supply. I'll come and cry with you, but then I'll invent a holiday to reconcile with you, but also go on vacation. And and Justin Trudeau now has been vacationing so much, Lewis, that he's developing like sunspot freckles on his face, which you don't <laughs> usually just develop at the age of 50 or however old he is. He's just been out in the sun so much the last summer that he's got freckles on his face now. It's pretty fascinating to watch. Did Boris run on any of this green energy stuff? Was this in his platform? Because I know the conservatives here, even though they lost, they had a very strategic, you know, um, climate change platform. It was not carbon tax, but it actually was. But I just want to know if you recall Boris running on anything to do with green energy and uh, and a climate change. Um, to do with climate change and environmentalism, I believe they wanted to plant um, a good amount of trees. I think mm. that was one of the big policies. And very 1992 we, of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think Farage is pushing this as well, Nigel Farage. And, you know, I don't see a problem with that at all. I think Labour tried to push this idea of um, planting trees, but they'd done a number so ridiculous that it was just laughed at. So at least when they came, when when they put out their manifesto, the Conservative Party, they actually gave a reasonable number. And it was one that you could go, OK, you know, we, we're on board with that. It's not too costly and it helps. So, you know, great. Um, I think it's until Carrie came in, his missus um, has really started to warp the, the party and start to push out all this mental, radical green policies. So I think that's where we're starting to see the shift. And we're all a bit, when she when she came into the cabinet, we did start to see the shift and we were all a bit, a bit concerned on where this is going. And it's just proof that, that it was going the bad way. Why do you think there's such a demand for the for lack of a better term, like the platitude policies. Do you think that, that they think this is the only way that they can win? I'm talking about conservative parties across the world. They seem to always want to inject the stuff that being a grassroots supporter, you may not think that has anywhere or anything to do with what you think that they believe in. Do you think they're sort of forced to inject this to try to uh, an attempt to steal votes from the other side or please the Twitter crowd? Where do you think this comes from? Uh, well, the dominant narrative now is climate change. Well, it will be after COVID. And they've already made plans to, of course, push this idea out. The media are on board. The corporations are on board with it. So it's only fitting that the politicians are on board with it, too. So this is the main reason why. We're going to start seeing a lot more to do with uh, climate change as well, dominating the narratives. I have a prediction that we're even going to be looking at climate lockdowns and possibly reduction in what you eat, whether it be red meat, or I think MasterCard of even wanting to bring out a card that, that could potentially make a point system. So if you go over your emissions, you can, you, it stops you from spending that amount. So they're all tied in with each other, I believe. So we are going to see this big, big narrative being spewed out by the media, by the politicians, by the Conservative Party as well, who have the majority here in the UK and around the world as well, uh, other conservative parties too. So I think that that's what we're going to be seeing. It sounds like you've been reading yourself some Klaus Schwab, some Build Back Better <laughs> stuff. Uh, writer, I love Klaus Schwab. I yeah, love writer him. Dave in the back is really pushing the Klaus Schwab book. He says he reads it in a German accent. 
Um, no. But that's MasterCard's one of the people that were involved in that uh, the Build Back Better plan. Um, yep. with a bunch of the world leaders and a bunch of the other large multinational corporations. So I predict pretty much the similar thing. You know, every three months they say, uh, maybe we should eat the bugs now. Is it time to start eating the bugs? You guys considered cricket protein? Um, and then they've got that uh, post from a couple of years ago, I think it was, um, we need to start reducing our uh, consumption of beef that should become a treat you guys only the cool people should that's that seems to be the direction they're going I think Lewis is the yeah. ultra elite class where we're we can afford to drive cars we can afford to eat beef and fly on planes and if unless you're rich you can't afford like the taxes that come with it another person that's on that build back better list is the New Zealand prime minister she she's really something else she used to be part of the socialist group um, she calls herself a democratic socialist, which I think is a made-up term. She had this really strange video that I want to show of her basically agreeing that she's segregating people. So let's see that. So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like, uh, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. Can you describe as you were previously hoping not to be able to, not to have to do that, I guess, when we still mm. look like we could maintain elimination across the whole country. I guess that has now changed because... I think it was less, less because necessarily of the elimination determining that and more because we, of course, uh, maintained and actually we have managed very high vaccination rates generally without the use of certificates. So with her really... She, she just looks so Australian Kiwi, like she just looks like, <laughs> like a caricature of it. And it, it's really weird as we see her being asked if this is creating, you know, segregation of two-tier society. She's like, yes, that's exactly what it is. My question to you is, have they become so confident in their platform and their support that they basically see nothing wrong with, with segregation of their society? They are laughing at us, mate. They're laughing at me and you and the ordinary working man of women this they are literally it's they're flaunting it now it's not a matter of conspiracy anymore we all thought that it could possibly make a two-tier system it is we all know it was going to and now they're laughing at us and she's just doing that feminists not so long ago were pouring their heart outs on social media saying that she's a strong independent woman who can lead a country into greatness and then now it's really shown what she really is and that's some radical tyrant that uh, wants to take, that takes pleasure in taking away people who are unvaccinated, their freedoms, just because. I mean, we've been seeing a radical plans for, for locking down the entire country over, I think it was one or two cases, mm -hmm. which is nuts. Um, so, yeah, what, what can I say about her? She's just, she's just a lovely person, and I, I'd love to meet her. She'd be lovely to be. She famously, almost George Bush, like made the declaration that COVID was defeated and they had extremely harsh lockdowns and they were all just being like, see, it works. People still say that about Australia. See, it works. Only a couple hundred people died. And then the cases keep going up and the infection rates keep going up. And they're just like, well, we can't back off now. We already promised people, our population, that that was going to be uh, the solution. So we can't say it isn't. And that's a big problem I'm seeing in most whether it's on purpose or whether it's just people not willing to admit that they're wrong. That's what I'm seeing from the politicians is there's no accountability in any genre. And something I was listening to recently was talking about, if you recall, uh, Joe Biden, they, they missled 
I, I don't remember which type of missile it was. I think a drone strike, um, a bunch of children in the Middle East, and the, nobody was held responsible for that. Nobody was fired. It, there's just no level of a culpability or responsibility in the government. Nobody ever gets fired for anything, and it's really weird because then you have to keep building upon the lie that they've done nothing wrong. And I see that a lot in Canada specifically, our province. Um, they just pre pretend like nothing bad has happened, so they just keep moving forward and forward. And for those of the, the, the population who don't pay attention to the news or anything, they can look at somebody and say, I don't think there's any, anything that they've done wrong, really, or else the news would have reported on it. It's the same thing with hap that happened with Obama. They called it a scandal-free uh, administration, which, of course, wasn't the case. But uh, that's just my two cents, Lewis. You can cut that for your own <laughs> channel if you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. I want to close with uh, British questions. That's the segment I'm most looking forward to. It's in capital letters on the bottom of my card. Um, something I actually saw a guy post earlier today that I wrote down. Salad cream? Um, yeah. What is that? Just please explain. <laughs> it's cream that goes in your salad, mate. Uh... <laughs> is it salad dressing? Is that the same thing? Same thing. Yes, yeah, pretty much same thing. Why? Stupid Why? Heinz makes it. Is the picture I saw. Heinz is not supposed to make salad dressing. It's cream. It's like not all salad dressings are made from cream. So what happens when you've got like French dressing or Russian dressing? What is it called then? You sound like a liberal, mate. <laughs> I want to know where these English people think that they can just call anything whatever they want, and then just everybody has to go with it. Ah, uh, well, you know what can I say? It's uh. It's a topsy-turvy one because, you know, we, we helped out quite greatly. So, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so. uh, the term geezer, of course, in America and Canada, yes. it means an old person. What does it mean there? Geezer is like, um, like he's one, of the, he's one of the good lads. Like, oh, yeah, he's a top geezer. He's, he's just a guy that's like, you know, really cool. He's a good geezer. What is it yeah, does it derive Over from? there, it's old. That is a good question. I think it's Cockney rhyming slang. Um, or just Cockney, Cockney That's a whole episode on its own. Just oh, coming yes. up with phrases because they rhyme. This is angering. Lewis, I'm sorry. This is so oh, man. Just um, come to England. We'll go to the pub, mate. We'll go and have some beers, right? And we'll just we'll just recite a verse off, right? You'll be happy as ever, man. Um, two more to go. Russell Brand's T-shirts. They're circular. They come down to about here. Um, I know he wants to show his chest hair. Is this a thing that people do, or is that just his like his edgy personality? No, it's just Russell Brand and his crusty hippie following. That's all it is. <laughs> he's turned the corner on a lot of subjects. He's actually pretty yeah. reasonable now. Yeah, yeah, he's all right on some things. He's still got a bit way to go with capitalism, though. He thinks that mm. cronyism and capitalism is the same thing when, you know, and then you question him about it and say, can you name a better system? And he goes, oh, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to make up some utopia and give you a better solution. <laughs> it's like, OK, well, you go and sit in the corner, mate, with your elite friends. OK, last one. What do the British think of Austin Powers? Was it a sad time? Was it an angry time? Are you are you okay with being parodied that way? We love Austin Powers. Austin Powers, great. I I've watched all of them. They're great. They're very funny. We don't we don't take offense. We love the banter over here. We think it's great. So more of that. It's it's absolutely fine. As long as we can do it back, no problem. No, you can't do that. I'm sorry. This is uh, we're not allowed. in Canada. We don't want to offend uh, anybody. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we've got hate crime bills as well, mate, so don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you going to dress up for Halloween? I think I'm the only one here who wants to. I want to, but what I'm going to do is just sit on my own on the computer. Like, I've got no mates, <laughs> so like, what can I do? Well, that's sad. Take um, something, go through the catalog of Prince Harry and William's costumes. Anything you oh, pick yeah. out of there can't be offensive. I don't think the princes would do that. I think they're respectable young men. Um, yeah, very bold no, for a young man, prince. William is, but still. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, he needs surgery. He's got all that money and doesn't use it on surgery, does it? There, prince Harry needs to... Uh, or Prince William, I think it is, right? He needs to hook up with uh, Wayne Rooney for the hairline coverage. Uh, bless you, Wayne Rooney. I'm sorry to bring you in this. Anything else you want to say before we let you go, Lewis? It's been a good time. I always enjoy speaking to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, keep resisting what, uh, what's been going on with this uh, tyrannical measures all around the world at the minute with vaccine passports. And remember that you, you are still a free individual and you shouldn't let tyrants win. Salad cream, it is what it is, you guys. Thanks for watching. Catch you next week.